Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of October 20th, 2020. That's a lot of twos and zeros. And this is episode number 455. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons. I guess it's 1020, 2020. It's a lot of weird numbers. Uh, yes, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com. That's paranormalking.com. And tonight... We've got news from all over the place, as usual, and uh, we got something from every, well, each of the top three categories of the paranormal, and yeah, we're all over the place. We got UFOs, we got uh, more lake monsters, we got ghost hunters. Yeah, you know, there's obviously a focus. It's October. It's almost Halloween. It's almost, it's right around the corner. We're close. Um, pretty close. Uh, what, a week? Well, less than two weeks away. So it's coming up quick. And obviously there's been an influx of ghost news in the news. Of course, it's the time of the year. It's it's the silly season is what I call it. Uh, traditionally, for those of us in the ghost field, it was the only time of the year that people actually took us seriously or thought we were cool. So we became rock stars in October. Of course, now with ghost hunting and paranormal investigation or I call it just ghost investigation to mix the two together. Why not? Uh, we become rock stars 24-7, So and we, it's kind of lost its luster a little bit. You know, it's more about just the the end time of the year, about people, the general mainstream people talking about ghosts and those of us who are in the field. But, uh, you know, it's still a big holiday and, of course, lots of news from that. Um but my gosh, let's just jump into it. Why not? It's just, uh, why not? You guys came here for the news, right? So we'll jump into cryptid news right away. And our first story is uh, its going to take us north, north of the border from where I'm at, up to British Columbia, Canada. And the second most famous British Columbia cryptid. Come on, who's the first? You guys know this. Sasquatch. You know Sasquatch. Sassy Sasquatch. Well... Haven't heard much about uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch lately, but we do have a story from British Columbia. And, uh, yeah, the second most famous cryptid up there might have shown itself over the holiday weekend last week. Adam Schwartz from Calgary, that's the next province over, uh, he was out uh, in West Kelowna for Thanksgiving and hanging out near Lake Okanagan. Yes, that's Thanksgiving, which was uh, last Monday, October 12th. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Uh, he was uh, hanging out on the lake. And when he spotted Lake Okanagan's favorite animal, no, not bass, no, not ducks. Well, it could have been a duck. Uh, but Ogopogo, the Loch Ness Monster of British Columbia, I mean, I guess, well, I think about it. Well, no, that's right. Because I was going to say, you can also consider the uh, Cadborosaurus or Caddy, but I, I guess that's more of an ocean-going creature than a, a lake monster. So, yeah, we'll give it to Ogopogo. Uh, anyway, Schwartz stated, quote, we were just hanging out on the shore. It was a really calm, 
day. Uh, no boats were passing or anything. We were looking out at the water. Then all of a sudden, we saw this weird formation of waves that were kind of going against the current of what was coming in, unquote. Uh, he said the waves were moving really weird uh, for about 30 seconds. Then he was able to record the sighting for another 30 seconds before it completely disappeared. He also states that he spent some time on Lake Okanagan and on vacations over the years, and he's heard all about the legends of the lake monster. Uh, after his sighting was captured on video, he did what uh, you know 99.9% .9 of the, the people in the world would do. He uploaded it to social media. He must be young because he uh, loaded up to TikTok. Must be a youngster, uh, which is uh, this video has since gone on to gather thousands of views. I mean, what else is worth watching on TikTok? Lake monster videos. Uh, anyway, I'll give you a still. It doesn't do it justice. You have to watch this video uh, because of the movement of the waves and everything. Um, to me, uh, it, it looks like waves. And uh, it doesn't look like a creature. You know, obviously you're looking at that. And uh, through the image there, still of the video into chat. So if you're live in chat, you get to uh, see what I'm talking about as I'm talking about it. If not, you're just going to have to uh, pull over in Google or, um, I don't know, just uh, wake up in Google. I don't know what you're doing. I don't want to know, I don't think. Uh, but there's a picture of it, and it, it looks like a wave. But again, the, a still photo doesn't do much justice. You have to watch the video. And I'll give you a link to the story here in a second that you can click on if you're in chat to watch that. Uh, so Schwartz seems very convinced that what he saw was definitely Ogopogo. Uh, but a local Ogopogo researcher is not convinced. Uh, Bill Stasiuk told Global News, he says, quote, the crazy thing is right now it's a turbulent time in Okanagan Lake. You have cold water coming up to the surface, creating all kinds of considerations. You have temperature differences. It could be a thermal wave of some type. I don't know what that is. He could, it could also be a light reflection off of the actual crests of the waves. So it could be a lot of things, unquote. Yeah, sure, it could be a duck. Uh, Stasiuk states that uh, the majority of sightings of, of the Ogopogo Lake, um, they take place in late summer and early fall. Well, I guess he says the beginning of September to the middle of October, uh, he also says there's been an influx of videos purportedly spotting Ogopogo. Uh, the reason for this, he says, is because people are spending more time outdoors than normal, and they are also prepared to capture them with technology that everyone has glued to their butts or faces or both. Well, he didn't say that. He actually said technology, but we're obviously talking about cell phones here. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, when you watch the video, uh, it just looks like, a wave and Akinaga is interesting because it's very similar in makeup to uh, uh, Loch Ness. I would consider it pretty close. It's one of those long, kind of thin lakes. It's actually a little wider than um, Loch Ness, I believe, but it's, it's still as long as thin. So it's susceptible to a lot of different things that most lakes uh, don't have or you don't notice as much uh, versus. Um, you know, some lakes like uh, a siege where the water sloshes back and forth due to wind uh, or other things. 
uh, which could be what we're seeing here. You know, I don't know about all this temperature variations. I mean, you do have colder water and, and warm water moving, so you're going to get weird things. And even just wind out there, you might be on the shoreline, so he, you can see the dock. So he's close to the shore. You're not going to feel the, the same wind that you're going to get when you're out on a boat. Now, if you've ever been on a boat before, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have been on boats in lakes, even a, heck, even a pontoon boat. So you're on the shore. You might feel a little bit of wind, but as soon as you get out into the middle of the lake, you notice it's a lot more windy out there because of the way uh, water is generally cooler than the air temperature. So there's it creates wind. Variation in temperature equals wind. Uh, so you're going to have that. And then you also have the shape of the lake. You have mountains on the other side. So this creates conditions for things that can fool us into thinking that we're seeing something below the surface. Uh, but if you're all you're seeing is waves, it's probably just a wave. You don't have to have some giant sea creature to make a wave on the surface. It could be fish or it could be, I don't know. Um, oh, let's see. So a question here in chat. Don't you share the links on your website or just the Facebook page? Well, that's a great question. Uh, after the show, I will share these links uh, through Facebook, but it also goes through Twitter as well. I'm not on TikTok. I don't think that's really a, a link-friendly type of thing. But uh, if I do something goofy for 60 seconds, I'll be sure to put it on TikTok. Uh, but yeah, I do. Uh, after the show, I don't put them all at once. I put maybe one a day uh, on the Facebook page uh, for the stories, the top stories that I cover. Uh, I generally only cover you know, anywhere between, I think the minimum would probably be about four stories. And I usually only carry about uh, six or seven stories at most. So therefore, I can share with you during the week and and uh, kind of give you the highlights of the show and uh, also a link to the actual podcast, which it becomes a podcast. Right now we're live, so it's technically a radio show, but it is what it is. But yeah, I, I will uh, send that out during the week. So uh, Stacy Yuck states that a majority of sightings, again, are late summer, early fall. But he, uh, he also says, yes, technology, phones. So I don't know if that's true. We've had a lot of stories lately where people didn't have phones or people didn't have time to take these pictures. So I'm not sure uh, if technology is the answer here. Uh, but I'm sure that a lot more people are spending time outdoors, and I'm sure, especially with COVID, uh, that that's, uh, you know, part of it. But again, I think people are really, really hungry for the paranormal. And we'll talk about that, uh, another story, dealing with that when we hit our ghost section. Uh, but for now, we're going to move into UFOs. So climb aboard the spacecraft. We're going to leave British Columbia and we're going to go all the way around the world to India. And this is by far, gosh, my, uh, my favorite story of the week. I have to say, and this is, uh, I generally don't share stories on my personal Facebook page, but I was so excited, uh, so humored by this story. And it was just awesome that I had to share this on my personal Facebook page the other day, uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, by far one of my favorite stories of the year. Uh, the weird thing is, is this actually happens a lot. Uh, I've documented this numerous times here on the Paranormal News Insider over the years. A very similar event 
uh, has occurred in different parts of the of the world. Even in New York City, a few years ago, that fooled a lot of people. So Saturday morning, residents in a small town in north central India became terrified as they spotted a strange object floating overhead. The shape of the object had many thinking it was an alien. Not just a UFO, but an actual alien flying through the sky, slowly stalking them. Uh, a small crowd of people followed the slow-moving object until it landed near a canal close to a small village. And the, the small crowd tried to uh, get close to the object to see uh, what it could be and if it was an alien, which suddenly they noticed it began to move. Uh, so a lot of people were startled. Uh, they panicked. Uh, they did call the police to, to have them come out and investigate this uh, creature or alien, whatever this could be. Uh, so the police arrived and bravely went toward the object and were able to get their hands on this thing and pull it out of the bushes and found it to be, uh, well, a balloon. Yes, it was a balloon of the Marvel character Iron Man. You can't make these things up, folks. Uh, yes, a balloon of Iron Man. And uh, I have a picture of that, uh, the recovery here of this uh, scary, scary alien thing. And uh, in chat, if you're in chat, you can click on that picture and it'll make it a little bit bigger. I don't know how much bigger, but weird thing is it's missing its head. So somebody cut the head off of Iron Man, but it still flew, which is weird. Uh, unless it's pushed in or something else. I'm not sure what they did or what happened to it. Uh, a police official commented, he said, quote, uh, it was a balloon filled with air that had gone up in the sky and later came down and got stuck in the bushes along a canal. A part of the balloon was touching the flowing water in the canal, which had led the balloon to shake a little. Unbeknownst to the spectators, this made for an anxious watch, unquote. So, yeah, the uh, balloon got near the water and was shaking. Now, in all fairness, I uh, did a little bit of research on this balloon, and it's uh, it's actually fairly big as far as a helium balloon. It's not full of air. It's full of helium because otherwise it wouldn't float. Um, it's pretty big, and I'll show a picture in chat. It's uh, bigger than this kid. I think that's a real picture. Yeah, I don't know. That might be fake, but, it, you know, he looks pretty big. And you, actually, this one here, he's got a head on. Uh, with the one in the canal, uh, I don't know what his, where his head went. Um, so it's uh, a balloon. It's obviously, it's the, uh, what is it, the Mark, is it the Mark II, Mark III? But he's, uh, no, nah, that's the Mark III. You know, red, a little bit of gold. And uh, he's poised in a hero landing with both of his legs bent, one hand touching the ground and one on the, the uh, other knee. So in pictures, yeah, the balloon appears to be the same height as a child. And it says it measures 46 inches as a 3D balloon. Uh, so I can kind of see how it would fool people. But come on. It's Iron Man. Like, that would be cool. I, I would be really excited to see Iron Man flying around my neighborhood. And uh, those are like expensive balloons. 30 bucks, I think. So I would climb in that canal and snatch that thing up for myself personally but uh i can kind of see it. if people aren't used to these kind of things i'm sure they don't see a whole lot of balloons flying over their neighborhood 
I, I can kind of see where they might get uh, a little concerned by that. You know, I forgot to throw the link for the last story. So let me backtrack here. Throw a link in the chat room. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, we've had, let's see, in New York City a few years ago, we actually had a stormtrooper flying through the sky. I fooled a lot of people. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, other strange things. Uh-huh. Flying through the sky or reports thereof. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take much. I mean, goodness gracious, people in large sports towns get fooled by the Goodyear blimp. For crying out loud, I, I don't get how that happened. But, yeah, Iron Man flying around my neighborhood, I'd be really, really excited. I think that would be really cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, doesn't always... You know, again, you don't know if you don't know this or you're, you're not able to see it. Again, it's pretty big balloon. So flying through the air, I'm sure it didn't behave like a regular balloon. And, and it did kind of cause people panic. When you get a, a bunch of people together that see something they can't explain, uh, they have a tendency to think a little bit more crazy or wild than if you only had two or three people standing there watching this thing. So it is a little bit of a, a sociological thing as well uh, that people will panic when they see something they can't understand flying through the sky so now let's move to ghost news for the week and of course uh, like i mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show we're uh, i guess what is it 11 days away would it be 10 days we're, we're close to halloween uh a far different halloween that we're all used to but uh yeah it's it's still coming and and the weather reminds us i think the weather's taking people back and and they're starting to get into that fall mode and shopping mode and here in the united states uh, we've dropped the ball on COVID 19 uh, really really bad it's it's embarrassing right now oh, but it is what it is but uh, fall is here and it continues to grip us in cold haven't had any ice yet but it's coming uh, we've had temperatures here in the 30s but nothing below freezing yet uh, the trees are dying. I had to rake the leaves over the weekend. My back still hurts from that. And uh, things are dying. I mean, trees are dying. And our next story here in Ghost News is going to have us playing taps for another television show. It's possibly coming to an end. And this time, possibly for good. That's right. Ghost Hunters. The docu-soap that debuted back in 2004, which helped usher in the big rush of ghost hunters, ghost investigators. Uh, it's what flipped the switch and made ghost hunting uh, popular and mainstream uh, as, as television and the Internet basically teamed up. It wasn't all TV, folks. Uh, the Internet had a lot to do with it as well. Uh, they teamed up to create a popularity for an all-but-forgotten hobby and, yes, made every single one of us instant rock stars we all had to go out to get leather coats to match our black shirts and uh sunglasses and fold our arms like nobody nobody could mess with us uh the original show ghost hunters was on sci-fi way back when when it was actually spelled correctly sort of this s-y-f-y stuff um uh, the show ran up until 2016 and gosh, it was so long ago. Uh, the show reappeared last year on A&E. So it switched networks with 11 episodes and two specials. And then this year, marking the 13th season. 
with only nine episodes, the shortest season in the show's run. Uh, on October 12th, Brandon Alvis, the lead tech on the show. I have no idea who that is. Uh, he's the lead tech on the show. I uh, was on the Midnight Society radio show where he revealed that the Ghost Hunters television show might not be returning. Uh, when talking about the show returning, he said, quote, I don't think so. No, I really don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's over at this point. Breaking news, people. Breaking news. Ghost Hunters is not coming back. There you go. Unquote. Drop the mic. Kick the cat. Wait, don't kick the cat. Uh, meanwhile, uh, team historian Mustafa Gadalari commented on the network deciding not to pick up the show. Uh, he states that uh, this comes from traveling that the show does. Uh, so obviously mixed with COVID-19, the network decided to move on. So, uh, you know, it'd be really difficult to uh, get into some of these places, having to travel all of the United States and, and being able to enter these facilities that uh, with all the restrictions and all the stuff going on, you know, it's one thing if you're, you're doing something in a stage, you know, where you can test people, have them come in and, and basically, you know, cut them off from the rest of the world for a, a short period of time. And you can't do that if you're riding around the country in, in a bus. It's really hard to do that. I mean, you, I guess you could, uh, but it just makes all the things with this television show uh, pretty difficult. And they have a pretty large crew of people that uh, also uh, travel with the, uh, the, the actors. I guess there's no other way to say it. Uh, he says, uh, factoring in other things such as restructuring of A&E. So there's, there was a lot of rest uh, restructuring going on in the network earlier this year uh, that possibly led to that. And, and also their budget. Again, they're, uh, it's a pretty large presentation of that show. A lot of things go on. So big budget with that. Probably don't want to take that risk. So that ultimately all these factors weighed in to uh, do the show in. I've not heard a formal announcement with this, however, I looked and I don't think A&E said anything as far as I've seen, but the actors seem to all agree with it. Uh, it does sound though that the members of the show, they might be moving on to other projects. Now that's pretty similar to how the original Ghost Hunters went in different directions. When the first run of that show came to an end, uh, they did attempt as a group to find a new home uh, but were un unable to do so. So they kind of all went their separate ways. Um, end of an era? I don't know. I mean, they were the first ones, and now there's like 9 million shows on Ghosts. So pick one. Uh, there's there's one of every type, it seems. Um, you want Ghost Cops? We've got Ghost Cops. I'm surprised there's not like a Ghost Alligator show on their Alligator Hunters of or pawn shop ghost hunters yet. Oh gosh, I just probably came up with a really good idea. Um, and, but it seems like there's all types out there. And so, you know, unfortunately I think that's what's happened too, is their, their popularity actually did them in uh, because they saw ghost hunters had such huge ratings. It was one of the most popular shows during its original run. Uh, but at the, you know, around 2016, I just think it was just so saturated with this, so many different ghost shows and I think now people are starting to get burned out from it. But it's still a, a money-making platform. So obviously there's still shows on. And speaking of former Ghost Hunter alumni, current Ghost Nation stars, 
Steve Gonzalez and Dave Tango appeared on Pop Culture at Home. And Pop Culture at Home, I guess, is a podcast. I don't really listen to it, but I read a story about it. Uh, Like a 24-minute segment. So they had uh, Steve Gonzalez and Dave Tango. Again, former Ghost Hunters. Now, Ghost Nation stars. Uh, The duo shared their thoughts on the do's and don'ts of paranormal investigation since Halloween, yes, does tend to spike interest in the field. That's something that's uh, not gone away. I used to always uh, get an influx of people who wanted to join my team every, every October. It just seemed like the people came out of the woodwork. Oh, I want to be a ghost hunter too. And some of them actually did sound like that. I, I really, unfortunately, have to say that. Um, but yeah, people generated interest. You know, they get they watch scary movies and they read about ghost hunting on the, these news stories. Uh, maybe the local media picks up a story about a low, uh, local ghost hunting team. So people just automatically just want to jump in and uh, join the ranks. So uh, this uh, podcast, I'll save you 24 minutes. I'll kind of sum it up for you. Uh, trespassing. Don't trespass. That's pretty much all they said. Uh, in 24 minutes, I was kind of amazed by that. I thought they would talk about a number of topics. Uh, but they stated numerous times, breaking into places, uh, marking things, taking things, damaging things, uh, in any type of a public or private area uh, location hurts the ghost field more than it gives the individual a thrill. Uh, Steve stated that this type of behavior can keep ghost investigations out of locations uh, if bad media spreads and this type of activity can ruin it for everyone, which is true. And we've talked about a lot of stories here on the show about people burning places down inadvertently, um, <laughs> trespassing in general, doing damage to places that uh, they think are haunted, but maybe actually uh, functioning buildings. Uh, and once that gets out of the media, it, it does. It It really tarnishes the ghost field because people... Even though these people might just be thrill seekers who don't have any intention of ever forming a team or being investigators, but they're automatically lumped in with all the other people, uh, the groups that take things seriously, the, the groups that do things on the weekend, and of course, every group that has an acronym for a name. Uh, so Steve, uh, well, Dave, I'm sorry. Dave also added that not only is breaking and entering illegal, it can also be dangerous as the building might be locked up for a reason, and if it's old and dilapidated, uh, obviously you have to take extreme caution. And going into a place uh, with lights out, because that's how we do things, without having surveyed it first, can be extremely dangerous. It's not how we should do things, though, folks. It's just what you see on TV, because it looks cool. So now everybody does it because... Hey, we saw it on TV. That means we have to turn the lights off to investigate. It's the only way to do it because that's how they do it on TV. Yeah, really. That's how, that's how it happens. Now, actually, Lloyd Auerbach did a lights out investigation a long time ago. It was actually the producer's idea, according to Lloyd. Uh, so modern television has taken note. Hey, these are cool scenes. We can add drama. By just turning the lights off, making it uh, like green. So it it makes it's like scary music, but you're just seeing things differently. So eh, it's just for it's for excitement purposes. It really doesn't serve any honest purpose. 
um, unless you're cutting all the power off from a main breaker. Um, so yeah, don't trespass. I guess that's their, that's all they had to say. Really. They just said it in a number of different ways over and over again for 20 some odd minutes. Uh, ghost nation will be, uh, reuniting. This is exciting. So ghost nation will be reuniting with former ghost hunter co-stars, Adam Barry and Amy Bruni on October 31st at 8 PM Eastern for a two hour special. Ghost Nation airs normally on Saturdays at 9 p.m. on the Travel Channel. She just called the Ghost Investigator Channel at this point, really. And it might as well, just rebranding. I mean, yeah, I could add more stuff to that list. Uh, but it would probably take an entire show, you know, on ghost investigation. Some, some tips and hints. Yeah, tr- no trespassing. That's a huge one. Yeah, you can't ruin it for a lot. I mean, you go to jail, too. I mean, breaking and entering, you could be felony trespass, you know, destruction of private property. Uh, you don't want that on your record. It's not very smart. Uh, but, I mean, I could talk about understanding how to use your technology because this modern-day stuff here in the 21st century, ghost hunting, seems to be focused on you got to have a tool jammed in your face. And the more uh, blinky lights and noisy noises uh, the cooler the technology, the, the more likely it can detect ghosts. Not really. That's not true. Uh, use it correctly and for its intended purpose and learn how to use it before going out. So when you buy this ghost equipment, uh, most of it has a different purpose unless it's geared directly for the ghost field. But that doesn't mean it's going to detect ghosts because nothing can honestly detect ghosts, no matter what it's uh, gimmicked as. Most of this stuff is, if you read it closely, will say uh, that it's made for entertainment purposes only. There's a reason for that. Uh, Because no technology can verify, document, or measure ghosts since we just don't know what types of information we're actually looking for. We have no clue. If we we did, if ghosts had measurable characteristics, uh, wouldn't be amateurs out there. You know, guys that that are plumbers would be out there looking for ghosts. You'd have uh, actual scientists out there with designed specifically equipment. Uh, They'd have budgets. Uh, There would be uh, people writing papers and being in science magazines. The front cover cover Time magazine, I'm sure. Wait, did that happen in 1984? Oh, wait, that was a movie. Um, Yeah, so tools and technology, to me, it's, it's almost like the Victorian era. The spiritualism era, uh, when people were fooled by different methods of mediums, you know, it was designed to fool the senses. And I think that's exactly what we're doing to ourselves nowadays. It's just a 21st century version of all that. Um, so these gadgets, they, they also can't communicate with ghosts um, because most of these gadgets are affected by other measurable things. Or create information that, again, fools our perception into believing it's communication with ghosts. I mean, don't investigate in the dark. That's just crazy. That's how you get hurt. Again, unless you're cutting all the power off to the location and you're measuring constantly for other electronic interference. And I've had cases where uh, we've picked up a burglar alarm several hundred feet away. And it was cycling. So I kind of determined it was like, I think it was every... 
two minutes and 20 seconds. And then again, a different pulse every five minutes or something. It was just really weird. And I determined from that, doing some timing and measurements, that it had to be something logical. Uh, so we actually used different equipment to narrow down the direction. And we found out it was a burglar alarm. We didn't break into this. It was like a, uh, a garage, a car garage. So, you know, there was the vehicles inside. We didn't want to try to break in, but we determined it was uh, coming from that area. And we're pretty sure it was a burglar alarm. So know how to use your tools and what they're designed for. See, I did all that in less than 24 minutes. It should have had me on the show. Uh, we'll see if I get invited on to pop culture at home. Probably not because I'm not a cultural icon like Steve and Dave, but uh, still solid advice nonetheless. So speaking of beliefs in the paranormal, a new study has been published on paranormal belief. I always get uh, excited about these things. It seems like they always do come out around this time of the year for some strange reason. Uh, this one comes from psychtests.com. Doesn't sound too scientific to me if you uh, judge it by its name. Psychtests.com. The data contains uh, information from 2,172 participants. And the overall data... Uh, what they were kind of uh, pushing from this information, I guess, uh, kind of focusing on here is that women are much more open to the paranormal phenomena than men, especially with supernatural beings, superstitions, and urban legends. Uh, breaking down superstitions uh, says that 16% of women believe the number 13 is bad luck versus men at 11%. So 16 versus 11. 14% uh, of women versus 8% of men believe that breaking a mirror is bad luck. I think women should probably shouldn't say this. I'll get in trouble. I'll get some hate mail, but I think women spend more time in front of a mirror. I mean, you know, you put makeup on and all that stuff, so it's not like, well, some men do that, I guess. 17% uh, of women and 8% of men throw salt over their shoulder if they knock over the salt shaker, people really do that still. I didn't know that was still a thing. I remember that though, but weird. Uh, I thought salt shaker meant something else. Oh, anyway, 16% of women versus 7% of men refuse to open an umbrella indoors. I love doing that. I think it's funny. Uh, people freak out over that. 13% uh, of women versus 7% of men would hate to cross paths with a black cat. Well, I got one that uh, is, lives out in the neighborhood. see him all the time. 35% uh, of women versus 24% of men are fearful of curses or of jinxing themselves. 29% uh, of women versus 21% of men believe that thinking negative thoughts can cause bad things to happen. Uh, the second section is on the supernatural, where 74% of women versus 54% of men believe in ghosts. That is pretty big. 74% of women and only 54% of men believe in ghosts. Which is really weird when you consider most ghost teams 
are led by men. And uh, most ghost research, uh, or I should say ghost uh, events, conferences, conventions are, are headlined usually by men. Look at these ghost TV shows, mostly men. But there's a reason for that. Uh, 54% of women and 36% of men believe that spirits cannot rest if they have unfinished business, especially if they owe taxes. Uh, 53% of women versus 34% of men think that witches are real. I think sandwiches are real. Um, the third section of the study centers on myths, folklore, and legends. It concludes that 50% of uh, women versus 45% of men feel that the Bermuda Triangle poses a real danger. The Bermuda Triangle. People are still scared of that. I thought that was in the 70s. I've been through there a few times, sailing around uh, Miami down there, Key West, Caribbean. Uh, slightly more women, 33%. Then men at a very close 32% think that the lost city of Atlantis is real. Isn't it out in Las Vegas, isn't it? I thought that was real. 21% uh, of women versus 18% of men think the Loch Ness Monster exists. Don't know any female Loch Ness Monster researchers. Uh, however, a higher percentage of men, the only however higher percentage of men thing, 28% uh, of men versus 24% of women believe in Bigfoot. Yay, the men won something. Uh, the last section is about religious beliefs. 71% uh, of women in the sample versus 60% of men believe in God or other divine entity. 58% of women believe in the devil. And only 43% of men. It's kind of weird. Don't When you believe in one and the other, aren't they kind of like the same thing, different? I don't know. 57% uh, of women believe in the existence of heaven versus 80, or I'm sorry, 48 dyslexic today. 48% of men, so 57% of women believe in heaven, and 48% of men. 56% of women and 40% of men believe that hell is real. Is that in Alaska? I forget where that's at. 64% uh, of women believe in the existence of angels, and 49% of men. Wow. Wow. 68% uh, of women and 53% of men believe that miracles can happen. I mean, if you're around in 1984 watching U.S. Uh, hockey in the Olympics, you definitely know that miracles can happen, especially on ice. 41% of women and 36% of men consider it possible to heal physical ailments through faith alone. You just got to put your hand on your forehead and scream really loud. 66% of women versus 59% of men believe there is life after death. I don't know if you could say more supernatural stuff. 47% uh, of women and 30% of men believe in reincarnation, that all people have past lives. 
Uh, 42% of women versus 33% of men feel that an apocalypse could still happen. Yikes. Uh, Dr. Ilona Jerebek, president of Psych Tests, explains that these results are not surprising. As she says, quote, it's not surprising to see that women are much more open to the paranormal than men. Women tend to be more introspective, better at picking up on vibes that are more in tune with both their feelings and their proverbial sixth sense, hence the term women's intuition. Historically, women have always been uh, inextricably connected with the paranormal for better, uh, as healers, guides, and for worse, as frequent targets of witch hunts. Unquote. Uh, yeah, also psychics, mediums, most of them are women. But what about men? I mean, okay, so women are more open, they're more this, they're more tender, they're more feelings and talking about things and blah, blah, blah. But what about men? Right? What about men? Well, she's got us figured out too, guys. She says, quote, men tend to learn, uh, lean toward a phenomena that can be measured or observed scientifically. So we're, you know, more strict scientifically, I guess. Uh, even if images of yetis or UFOs are suggestively blurry, many still believe that it's only a matter of time before proof is found. In contrast, women are more willing to stretch their mind beyond the seemingly impossible to want to peek behind the veil of mystery and to challenge the standard understanding of reality, on a quote. I don't know. seems like she's a little sexist. I'm just saying, like... So men are just more rigid, but women just have more open minds. We're dumb, and the women are just really smart. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. Uh, but it's true. It's it's weird. Um, so I've always, you know, running a ghost group, I've always liked to have women because women sent, tend to, not so much with ghosts, but they tend to be able to read people better. And I've always noticed this uh, throughout my um, through all my jobs, really, I had one of my first jobs, uh, I worked with a person who, she, when she interviewed people, uh, she could tell right away, like not even asking hardly any questions, just general talk. She could say whether or not a person was a good fit. She was pretty darn good at it. Uh, she could tell right away if somebody was lying and they were embellishing things. I don't know how she did it. She ne could never explain it, but it was just really, really interesting how, uh, she could tell somebody's personality just by a couple of questions or just observing them. And, you know, I've met a lot of women that were that way. Unfortunately, I was in a relationship with some of them. And uh, sometimes that just doesn't work out so well. Uh, but they tend to, obviously, they're more in tune with people. So if you're in tune with people that are alive, one would think you might be in tune with people who are uh, no longer physically with us. So... I guess that does make sense, but it's awful weird. Yeah, and I guess the reason why groups are led by men and men uh, talk at paranormal conferences and conventions more than women is like what she says, how men lean more toward phenomena that can be measured or observed scientifically. So we like order in our chaos and we like to uh, uh, organize things and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in taking that test, you go to testyourself.com psychtests.com 
forward slash test ID forward slash 2115. I'll throw that in chat uh, if you guys want to uh, take a psych test. I don't know how many questions there are, so I don't know. Don't don't get too involved in this. Or give me another fifteen here. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, Ghost Field, we've got some sad news from the Ghost World this week. Uh, I know this. Um, it's tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. I, I wasn't sure how to to process this, and so I, I guess my my way of coping is. Um, talking about it here on the show. I'm not sure if you remember, we, we've talked about uh, Amethyst Realm here on the show uh, off and on for the last, uh, geez, at least two and a half, three years here. And uh, it seems that, yes, sadly, she's decided to move on from her fiancé, Ray. So who is Ray? Well, we've got to answer who Amethyst Realm is first. But Ray, Ray was a ghost that she fell in love with, uh, what, about two years ago. And she'd actually discussed uh, getting married and having a ghost baby with Ray. Yes, Ray the ghost. Uh, Amethyst explains, she says, quote, uh, it was going really well until we went on holiday last May to Thailand, and it completely changed. I think maybe he fell into a bad crowd and when we were on holiday. Uh, he started becoming really inconsiderate. He'd disappear for long periods of time. When he did come back, he'd bring other spirits into the house, and they'd just stay around for days. I think he started doing drugs and partying a bit too much. Unquote. So yes, you can't make this kind of stuff up, folks. I mean, I don't know. Like I've, I've honestly said this, and I read uh, there was somebody who commented on one of the uh, news stories that I read. Uh, that uh, seems like she goes on the show a lot. And it's it's almost like she does have something wrong with her, like psychologically, and they're feeding into this. Uh, but uh, she seems to, to, um, seems to believe everything she says. Uh, so yeah, she had to call off their wedding, which was set to uh, take place in a cave. I guess that's where you marry your ghost fiancé. Uh, but I, I think it was the same cave. So he did propose to her in a cave. So I don't know if it's the same cave or they're just taking that. Uh, they were taking that. I'm sorry, Amethyst. I, I know you've moved on. Um, taking that to uh, where they were going to get married. You know, the theme here, uh, cave cave marriages are, are really big in 2020, I hear. Uh, she's also upset. No, they're not. She's also upset since her sister was going to be her bridesmaid. I mean, Gosh, you know, that's just got all that planning. Man. Uh, Realm claims she had also cheated on her ghost ex and has actually had affairs, uh, not since she was married, but she's been with at least 20 different ghosts over the last 15 years and has been engaged with ghosts twice. So I'm sure she'll bounce back. Uh, I'm sure she'll find another ghost lover. And, uh, yeah, she, she wanted to have a baby with Ray. So it's, you know, it's, gosh, I'm glad she, you know, I'm sure looking back on things, cause she made this announcement, I think what in the, the fall. So it's been about two years, the fall of uh, 2018, as she said, 
Uh, she's getting going to get married last year and uh, wants to have a ghost baby. I'm pretty sure she's kind of happy now, looking back on how everything turned out. Uh, that uh, she she decided to uh, you know not get pregnant. I don't know if it's possible, but uh, that's what she uh, she thinks. Uh, that was a real spooky thing to talk about too. It's just I, I don't know where some people's heads are at. Uh, Realm appeared on the talk show Holly and Phil which is uh, where that's been her main platform for the last few years. And she appears on that show and all the major networks. Well, of course, this is a, a, a UK program. So uh, the star and uh, all those uh, tabloids pick it up. And of course, it uh, generates click-throughs. People want to read about uh, people like that, that want to marry and have sex with ghosts and have ghost babies running around. I mean, how do you strap one of those into a car, like when you're driving somewhere? I just, I'm not sure. Uh, she states that she broke it off with uh, Ray, and she then cleansed the house and performed other rituals to keep his spirit away. I don't know if that's it's proper to do that. Is that like a, a psychic way of a restraining order, or is it like domestic dispute or dis- domestic, I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. But anyway, I'm sure we've not heard the last of Amethyst Realm moving forward. I kind of wish it was. Uh, But I'm sure we'll hear more about her exploits into the ghost boyfriend world. Uh, So in other news tonight, I want to make mention of this story. I don't think anything's really going to happen from it. Uh, I kind of put this together last night because I, I thought, uh, actually no, Sunday, I think I put it on the show. I watched it live, so I was all excited about it, and I was thinking that maybe something would happen. Actually, I didn't watch it live. It was I watched it a few hours later, so kind of a lie there. But yeah, I did watch this online. So yes, uh, SpaceX successfully deployed another batch of Starlink satellites Uh, This latest batch included another 60 satellites to join up with the existing 750 in orbit around the world. So these satellites will help bring Internet that is uh, much better than traditional satellite Internet. Uh, Of course, with just over 800 satellites. It sounds like a lot, but when you think of uh, the Earth and how big it is, it's not enough. So this is just the beginning. Uh, There are plans to bring tens of thousands of these suitcase-sized satellites into space, forming a constellation that will be able to bring broadband internet to more than 99% of the world. Well, the inhabited world, for that matter. So forget the oceans. Nobody inhabits the oceans. This is a water world. Um And that's just SpaceX. So there's other plans. Other companies have plans to launch their own network of satellites, uh, these constellations, as they're calling them. Yikes. Of course, with great leaps forward in technology, always comes negatives. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. I mean, we get these fantastic cameras. And then we have nine-year-olds that are creating ghost videos and uh, UFO videos that are pretty believable. I mean, the technology that's available to the average consumer now rivals what uh, they did in Star Wars and the the prequels not that long ago. I mean, the the technology is just so advanced now, and it's not stopping. 
Um, so these satellites have caused numerous UFO sightings from the launching of the main craft all the way down to the deployment of these small Starlink satellites. And, you know, we've reported on these light uh, trails of these uh, satellites following each other in space after being deployed. Uh, it's happened in a few different places around the globe. But uh, I don't. I didn't read anything today about uh, any sightings on this, and I think it's because of where these satellites were actually deployed. So they were deployed uh, south of Australia and uh, north of Antarctica, so kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Although I'm sure Tasmania and uh, South Australia, they probably were able to see these things, but it wouldn't be the first time that that area would have seen these satellites. And uh, of course, like I've mentioned before, the more these uh, satellites are deployed, the more that it's in the media, the more that people are talking about them, like here on the show, the less likely people are to misinterpret what they're seeing in the sky. And, uh, you know, going forward, <laughs> there are going to be a lot of UFO sightings linked to Starlink. Um, but yeah, so far I've not seen any re UFO reports uh, f stemming from this latest launch. Uh, the other issue here with these satellites is the fact that these satellites do mess with land-based satellites. Uh, so, um, and land-based photography for that matter. Uh, so viewing of stars, other celestial objects, it's going to change. Not for the better. Uh, it's kind of like the new version of light pollution. And when the Starlink program gets closer to being finished, yes, our look at the stars will be forever changed. And we'll be able to see these constellations pass over our heads. And at times we'll see them actually reflect down. Uh, that'll be pretty much just after sunset. And as well as in the morning before the sun comes up, we can already see that with some satellites. They call it scintillation. Uh, you can see uh, as a satellite spinning, sometimes it catches the sun. So it's high up in the sky and it's able to reflect the sunlight down. And we can't see the sunlight, but we do when the satellite hits it. Otherwise, it just goes into space. There's nothing to reflect off of. Uh, but we do see those uh, scintillations. Uh, or uh, sometimes they're called iridium flares. Uh, but you'll see that uh, like bright reflection uh, like a really bright white light come down so when the satellite just hits it just right spinning. I, I love looking for those things, but I'm not going to love it when these uh, Starlink satellites get up there and you see all kinds of flickering going on. And uh, I mean, it's not all bad news, but uh, yeah, it's, you, you know, you see, always see those videos of the uh, people taking those uh, long exposure things of the Milky Way and all that. Uh, yeah, it's going to change. Not the candy bar, the galaxy, where we live. Uh, all that's going to change in the future. These satellites are going to, you know, unfortunately carve into those those sad photographs. Uh, they're never going to be the same. But on the good side of these things, uh, there there is an upside here uh, that these satellites are already being used, even though there's only just over 800 now, and have uh, already come in handy. So emergency responders in Washington State set up free Wi-Fi using Starlink for the residents of Malden, which had been devastated by wildfires back in September. And also a remote Native American tribe has also used Starlink and is also based in Washington State uh, for remote learning and telehealth appointments during the coronavirus pandemic. So it's kind of already paying a little bit of dividends and 
eventually people are going to get this. Elon Musk calls it a UFO on a stick. I guess it's going to be a little controller. And people are going to have free Wi-Fi. We're well, not free, but you're going to have to pay for it. Probably pretty penny for it. Um, so people are going to have Wi-Fi. Wish you could have it like driving around. Now, I'd buy that. If I can have this little device and carry it around and have it in my car all the time, it'd be kind of cool. I think so. That'd be neat. Um, I already have satellite radio. I don't, I don't need satellite internet. Uh, it's okay. But we'll see. It's, uh, eventually, I'm sure, in the future, uh, it's going to be pretty commonplace if it seems like that's where our technology is going. Uh, unfortunately, I forget the effect, but there's a there's a thing that uh, was raised in the 70s and 80s about uh, the more satellites we launch, the more likely we're going to be stuck here on Earth and never be able to leave because of all the debris that's in our atmosphere. But these satellites, uh, they're designed to, uh, once they hit end of life, are designed to deorbit and I guess crash wherever they want them to crash. But, uh, you know, they're small, they're like a suitcase size thing. So uh, they'll probably diminish over the ocean, one would hope. Um, but yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty sad though. Our future, it's, it's uh, going to affect our view of the night sky. So get it in while you can. Uh, get out there and uh, see these things. And uh, that's it. That's all I got tonight. That's all I got to talk about. Get you guys out of here on time. I need my beauty sleep. Um, but I appreciate you tuning in tonight. I really appreciate everybody that's uh, live here in chat. Always appreciate you, all you guys. And uh, I will see you next week. We've got big, uh, big uh, show announcement next week that we got to talk about. So uh, tune in for that. I will see you next week, but for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck. Always keep your mind slightly ajar. Above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>